Fuzz Club, episode 27, I think. And we're talking about Pentagram. And uh, more specifically, we're talking about the First Days Here album, which is, correct me if I'm wrong, a compilation of like some of their material before their first studio album, basically. Yeah. It's right. a, this yeah. one, uh, their, their wiki said it was a compilation of their first two records, kind of just smushed together, I think. Okay. I don't know if what the track listing was on either of them, because I'm pretty sure this is the first time they were ever released ever. So it might just be a mishmash of the two. It might just be them right on top of each other. I'm not sure. It sounded like they had a lot of material for shows and like demos and just like random recordings, but like we're never quite able to put together like a solid studio album for quite some time. That was kind of the magic of the early days of this band. I think it was like part of the allure was like how this missed that they like could never, you could never catch them. It was like this flash in the, you know? Yeah. Yeah. They were, they were evil and mysterious and, you know, outside of black Sabbath, that was kind of something new. Yeah. Yeah, And that's definitely like the the obvious parallel here, you know? Right. Oh yeah. It kind of started around 71. It looked like ish. And so it was right around that time of Sabbath. They obviously had like an influence from Sabbath. Um, but came in kind of around the same time, maybe slightly after, but they were definitely doing that thing. And it sounds like they have quite the like underground following. I mean, it sounds like the people that really get into doom and and heavy music and stuff all really cite Pentagram as like a major influence on them and, and stuff they listen to. I really didn't know them all that well, to be honest. I, I knew the name. I think I remember seeing the logo years and years ago and just kind of being like, it's just one of those bands. I just never really checked out until I watched the documentary, the the last days here documentary. And that's where I really like got a lot of, you know, insight into them and like kind of got into it, started listening to some of this stuff. And I, I mean, it kind of, they kind of talk about it a little bit, how they were just like this underground thing. Not many people knew about them and then like started to unearth some of this material and, and wanted to, put it out and get them to record some new stuff. And basically that's what happened. It sounds like this was kind of like, just like, here's everything that we've kind of done up till now. And here's what you should be listening to. And you probably missed. And now let's, let's move forward after that. It was a very punk rock mentality in the beginning of this band. And there's, you know, a lot of parallels to that scene. Cause like what the, the little stuff they did have released was like seven inch records and comps and yeah. splits and stuff like that. Like very punk rock, early hardcore days and stuff like that. Um, and yeah. And I'm pretty sure like, like you said, I think this was the first like actual release was the, the first days here thing. And even that's not like a studio album. Technically it's like a bunch of compilation of stuff that they had on other recordings and the split with this and this comp over here. And it, I mean, it's a cool way to do it. You could never get away with that shit these days, but yeah, no way. <laughs> the uh, yeah, the sound of this album was kind of what got me at first. It's just like real, like kind of low-fi, low-budget kind of sounding production, and I thought that was by design at first. Like the song um, "Last Days Here," it was just like that added so much to that song that made it super kind of creepy. Yeah, bands weird. like and, Uncle Acid are like trying yeah. to do that on purpose. But exactly. then, like today, yeah. I went and listened to some more of their stuff, like the the second or third comps that they had, and some of their newer stuff, just to kind of compare where they were at. And it doesn't really sound like that. I mean, it sounds way cleaner, and like the guitars are louder. Like, they kind of like, like lost that, um, like raw 
production sound. So I didn't know if this was just a like a influence of like when this stuff was recorded or like uh, of that time or or what? Because to me, this is what Pentagram sounds like. But I I I heard differently today when I started listening to other stuff. They're definitely one of those ones where like each album is kind of all over the place and you get a little, you know, it's like Sabbath. The first three kind of sound like this and then you have this middle chunk and then there was like the disco era and then the Dio stuff. And like the same thing kind of happened with Pentagram where really you had the same front man the whole time, but the whole rest of the band changed so many times that it was tough to maintain consistency, I'm sure. Yeah, and, but even that, like, yeah I mean, like, the only consistency sound, is sure, the change comes from it being all seven inches and stuff like that, you know? This is actually my first time taking a deep dive in the in the pentagram, um, and this album like kind of reminds me of the like the jammy like freestyle of uh, Wicked Lady a little bit and the sound they had. Mm -hmm. It was really good though. I'm, I'm loving this. I wasn't expecting it to be like this at all. I thought it was gonna be more like dark and doomy, but it's more like like free like rock and roll stuff. And yeah, it's like stuff. Sabbath and uh, yeah. I'm not. Um, what's that? The Lemmy Project, Hawkwind. You know, yeah. it's got like oh, yeah. Hawkwind, early Sabbath vibes. And there's like some like hippy dippy stuff going on and stuff. But it's like, it's definitely one of those bands where it influenced you, even if you don't know it influenced you. If you're playing this genre, like you definitely like, yeah. there's a, there's a Hastronaut song that's accidentally forever my queen. Oops. <laughs> it's, it's, riff. it's also a year of the Cobra song. You know, it just, it's that, it happens. It, you know, it's just one of those things. I couldn't tell you how many times, I'm sure we've all done it. You pick up your guitar, you write this riff and you're like, God damn it, that's a Sabbath riff. <laughs> yeah. Yep. You know, Pentagram is one of those bands for me where like, I'll write something, I'll be like, God damn it, that's a Pentagram riff, you know? Yeah. So you've known, I mean, you've known them for pretty well for quite some time, Rob. You've it's not a... like something I, you know, because I like I went through like, a, you know, when I first got into stoner and doom stuff, like I'm a huge dork for everything, whether it's guitars or pedals or tattooing or any of the stuff I'm into. Like, I'm a huge fan of like, now I need to know everything about. It. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of one of those things, you know, you go back and it's sleep and then it's Sabbath and then it's Caius and it's blah, blah, blah. And, you know, and like Pentagram just kept coming up and kept coming up. And then Bobby Liebling himself is just such a polarizing interesting character it's it's hard to not pay attention to so even if the music it wasn't always something i was paying attention to like pentagram itself the the entity the brand like it's something that's always i've really appreciated and it's you know so how do you feel like this collection of songs compares to like the next collection or two or even like newer albums i mean i think they put one out in like 2015 i mean yeah that's the, again like i was saying like it's the the lineup is so inconsistent it's hard to have any sonic consistency mm -hmm. you know and then even bobby liebling like we all know the bobby liebling story and like you know whether or not he's clean or he's sober or what he's not doing or what he is doing like it's you know beating up his mom you exactly. know exactly <laughs> like did he beat his mom with a telephone today no you know what i mean like it's so even that's like like i said and it's it's kind of one of those things where like the lore of it is almost more interesting than the music yeah yeah, sure. You know, when you're like a kid and you first find out about sleep and you're like, wait, they blew how much money on weed and amps? Yeah. You're like, that's <laughs> half the fun of getting to know sleep, you know? That's kind of what I said on the, the, the podcast. Like, getting to know the Bobby Liebling story yeah. is half the fun of Pentagram. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of what I was saying on the sleep podcast that we did. I was like, man, part of it is just the myth of them. And like, this, like 
I listen to the music and I'm like, oh, okay. But like the story behind it is really what kind of draws you in and goes like, I want to be a sleep fan, you know? And the same yeah. program is like, like oh, 750,000, yeah. hell, you know? Like, you know, he, he looks like a fucking nut and he yeah. is Bobby. And like, it makes you want to be like, I, I want to be a pentagram fan because they're fucking crazy. And then, you know, I listen to it and go like, there's some good stuff here. It's not all great, but like, the the story around it makes me more interested in than yeah and i think it's sonically like i like you had answered actually answer your question i this is probably my favorite pentagram stuff is this collection because it's like most bands it's like their early stuff's better and like this is kind of a, a prime example of that like polishing this up kind of ruins it mm. you know and like this like raw demo-y even the reissues still sound pretty good they reissued the album a couple years ago and like remixed and remastered but it still maintains that like punky seven inch compilation vibe of like lo-fi raw recordings like you had said and it's i feel like that like that's pentagram and like you know when you start adding effects and digital mastering and you know you kind of lose what makes the band the band yeah, like thinking about Pentagram as this band that existed in the 70s and never made it and like got turned down by what Gene Simmons and Paul Stanley and like wanted to be Sabbath but never quite made it there. And they have these songs that were recorded in a fucking basement somewhere. Like that is what's like so enticing to me about listening to like this comp and being like, Pentagram, man, it's hard to find. You got to find the music. <laughs> when they put out an album in 2015 and it's all like fucking clean, you go like, eh, they're just another band now. <laughs> it's well, like, like a lot of bands yeah. that, that, you know, you can kind of suffer from longevity where it's, you know, it's, it's a blessing and a curse where you see a lot of bands and they get that old and, you know, they kind of just become a parody of themselves. Mm hmm. And it's like, you know, that's part of the reason, honestly, why I didn't go to that, the the end of Black Sabbath tour. I didn't want to go watch a bunch of 70-year-old dudes cover Black Sabbath songs, essentially. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I mean, the, the thing that's important to remember about Pentagram and, and and this, I'm sure that diehard Pentagram fans will, will probably be offended by this statement, but sorry. The, the um, here we go. Yeah, is Pentagram is not that great or groundbreaking of a band. Oh, fuck no. But but what they did was all of the bands who became groundbreaking and became great in this kind of underground space were listening to a fuck ton of Pentagram. Yeah. And so without Pentagram, you know, you probably Sleep does not sound like Sleep, for example. Electric oh, Wizard doesn't Electric sound Wizard like doesn't Electric Wizard. Exist. The, the most important element of this is that Pentagram, you know, so they essentially kind of do their twist on the Black Sabbath sound a couple years later. Um, then in the 80s, you get Trouble. And Trouble is where Doom really becomes like a thing besides, you know, Sabbath and some underground bands playing in the Devil's Triad. Um, and so you get Trouble and then you get everything that comes after Trouble. And so that that's kind of the the important at least that's how I've kind of tracked it. Well that's what um, I was saying before, like Pentagram is one of those bands that like if you play Stoner, Doom, whatever in this, you know, subgenre, even if you don't like Pentagram or you never listen to Pentagram, you're playing Pentagram riffs. Like And the bands that bands, influenced you were bands, influenced by Pentagram. Band. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. 
I mean, I when I listen to Pentagram, like especially listening to this stuff, because I'll be honest, I'm not a big fan of anything else they've ever done. Same. I don't really um, listen to a ton of it either. I mean, I like it because, you know, like I said, it's intriguing. It's a fun story. I want to check it out. But if I'm putting on any Pentagram album, 99% of the time it's this one. Yeah. There's a couple songs here and there that I'm like, oh, okay, that's pretty good. Um, you know, maybe that's colored by my distaste for Bobby Liebling as a person. But He's a very polarizing um, figure. We could do, I'm sure, a whole episode on just yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, for me, like, when I listened to Pentagram, um, I think I heard them for the first time when I was, like, in my mid-teens, something like that. Like, I'd already found Electric Wizard, and, like, they were talking about Pentagram, and so I was like, okay, let's check this out. And so I listened to this first, and I was like, okay. And what I realized was it appeals to my mind and my emotion, my musical emotions in the same way that, for example, The Doors do where it's this kind of mystical pseudo hippie darkness. Um, and I, I don't think they're nearly on the same level as the doors, just to be clear, but it's the same kind of vein that I'm looking at, I guess. Um, and uh, after this, they just kind of lose that for me. Um, but on this compilation, I think you see something that's very important and it's important to listen to if if you do love especially doom yeah i mean I'll, you you it it's really easy to hear the roots of all of your favorite like it's it's you know the to, to peel the onion you you get the, the layers are very visible like oh here's a, like wind hand here's electric wizard here's sleep oh there's sabbath here's it's, it has its own chunk and it's very like i said it, it's even if you don't know, if you're not directly influenced by it, like, oh, I love this song. I want to write a song that sounds like, you know, whatever this pentagram song is, you know, Lazy Lady or whatever, you know, like, yeah. you yeah. still, it's going to happen regardless because it's just such, like, the, that's where the root, those are the roots. And if you dig deep enough into it, it, it you land on pentagram. Yeah, yeah. Actually, the whole foundation, and like we were saying, you know, it, a lot of it is the mysticism, and there's not a ton of substance in the music. And most of it was the story and this punk rock vibe and this whole and the fucking vibe. logo. Yeah, it's the logo. Well, and half and the, the logo. name. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> name. Yeah, the name. I mean, it, you got you got to check out a band called Pentagram for sure. Yeah, it's 1972, yeah. and you're 15 years old. Hell yeah, you're gonna listen to a band called Pentagram. Yeah. Like, yeah. Even like, I mean, the opening riff, man, like, like the, the opening riff for like Forever My Queen, it sounds like, like I, even though I haven't heard the song before, like I've, it sounds like I've heard it before, like at the same time, because it's just like this mixed in with everything else, like, like Seven, Deep Purple. It just it sounds really familiar. A lot of familiar familiarity to it without ever even like really knowing it that well. You listen to the album and you go like, I think I know these songs already. And I'm not sure that I do, but like I, you do because like you've just, probably yeah. heard a rendition of it a thousand times afterwards. Exactly. Like those, it's not a cover of those riffs, like those, the, 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 those, the intervals, like you've heard those intervals, like you've heard that shape of that riff. It may not have been exactly that with that vocal melody over it, but a yeah. band you like has played a pentagram riff. Like I said, we're guilty of it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, Every like, band that plays in the space. You play this song, somebody after the stage is like, hey, you know it's a pentagram riff, right? And we're like, nope, didn't know that. Went back and listened to it. I'm like, oh, shit, it sure is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's... I When I listen to pentagram, I'm not listening to it because I'm like, oh, this is great. I'm listening to it because I do think it's important in, 
in my like knowledge of this music that if I'm going to be creating it, I should have a pretty good understanding of what's already been done. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't just jump into a fucking genre and well, most people don't and just start doing it. Yeah. Like you have to have that education, that background, that understanding. Cause otherwise you're just, you know, maybe you're doing something wholly original and new, but otherwise you fall into the trap of possibly just imitating what you think that sounds like. And people are going to hate you. Um, I think it's important to listen to pentagram, but do I look forward to it? Not especially. Like, yeah, it's not something I play. Like I said, I I'm I do like Pentagram. I you know we can debate on Bobby Liebling all day, and that's a whole different story. But as far as like yeah. these twenty one songs or whatever this record is, I don't even think it's that many. Maybe it's less than that, like thirteen. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, it's um, twelve and two remixes. Yeah, I knew it was a couple. Um, but it's not something like I'm like oh I, first thing in the morning I got to put on my Pentagram. You know that's how I start my day. But like. It's not something I skip when it comes on either. And like you said, it's good to know I'm a huge dork and I'm, you know, I'm sure a lot of us are that, you know, it's a very, the, the genre lends itself to like mysticism and things like this. And these bands that are, you know, this godlike figure and this, like, you know, that's what Bobby Liebling is. And that's what Pentagram is. It's, you know, it has every bit of the mysticism of sleep and black Sabbath. And especially if you think about it and like you put yourself in that, time frame like the early 70s mid 70s you know I feel like you know the 80s pentagram kind of took a turn and you know, that's when i re- you really don't pay attention to any much of that stuff but you know the first couple things that they put out like it's if you were a teenager in 1973 listening to pentagram like that was probably that's like the craziest wildest death metal you could possibly imagine right now like the yeah. most offensive cannibal corpse guts everywhere kill your mom death metal you know what i mean like that's what that was at the time yeah exactly so, Sabbath and kiss can... and this and you know wasp and just you know like these crazy in your face bands it's... i think we can probably tie in like the discussion around this album and this music and to like bobby in a way because it they, they kind of go like the reason that we aren't talking about Pentagram more and the reason that more people don't know Pentagram and the reason that, you know, this is kind of it for the kind of the, the Pentagram music that we're going to talk about and listen to is, is Bobby Liebling and his fucking, I don't know, downfall. So like, if we want to get into that a little bit and how it relates to like this music in particular, like there's songs on here that are hits. I mean, like Star Lady is like a fucking hit. It could have been on the radio. I think Lazy Mixed Lady up. is too. It could have been next to Black Sabbath. It could have been, you know, on the radio and a fucking huge hit. They could have definitely toured with Alice Cooper and got all, you know what I mean? So the reason they never got big from great, some great songs is, is Bobby. (laughs) The reason they're, they're great is Bobby. And the reason they're not great is Bobby because he fucking destroyed everything. And uh, it sounded like he was a pain in the ass in the studio. That's why they didn't record much or it didn't go well or didn't sound good. You know, he was always fucking on something, which is why the band went in and out of different members all the time and all this different shit. So we can get into that a little bit, but there's definitely stuff here that could have been huge and should have probably been huge if it wasn't for stuff like that happening. And there's also stuff on here that, you know, you like or don't like or whatever, but there's definitely enough here to go like it. There was something else happening besides the music, like something else stood in their way, clearly. I mean, it's a yeah, I, 
both sides of that same coin is, you know, what, like you said, what makes you great. The other side of that coin is what's going to tear the band apart. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I know it sounds like I'm being extraordinarily hard on this, but I mean, like, I, I, I do think that pentagram, I, I definitely, it was very enjoyable when I was younger, um, as I was kind of figuring out a lot of this stuff. Um, but you know, I've, Personally, I I've just never understood the the cult of Bobby Liebling, you know, like he's an okay singer at best, like nothing nothing super special there. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as I know, like I don't think that he was like writing the music or playing any of the riffs, you know. He did play a little bit of guitar. Play a little bit of guitar. Okay. So some of the early recordings, he's he's on some guitar, but I don't. I, again, I don't think he was like a major contributor in the songwriting process either. Yeah, you know, I mean, he he's just kind of this crazy, literally a crackhead. <laughs> yeah, who is just awful to everyone and not that good at his job. Yeah. Um, you know, if you're going to be awful to everyone, be really good at your job. You know. Like, if you're going, you know, you've got to do something good. Well, I mean, that's probably, I think, you know, why the band never broke through that that tier. I mean, I wouldn't even, you know, Slayer's another good example of a band that was like, they're fucking wildly successful, but they never made it like on the radio or into the mainstream media or any of that stuff. And I, I would put Pentagram in that same kind of category of like, and I don't even think they're probably as successful as Slayer's ever been. Like Slayer's no, probably I... more successful than Pantera ever was at even at their peak. Yeah. But you know, it, it was a lot of just the band's bullshit and the obviously, you know, I, I don't there's not as much press about the other members of the band, but just Bobby alone, just just that character in your band is I couldn't imagine having to deal with that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely not. Yeah, I mean, how many good stories have you heard about Bobby Liebling? Right. Like, I've had friends who've met him, and I was like, what was it like? And they were like, creepy. Yeah. <laughs> um, he does look creepy as fuck. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I probably shouldn't divulge some of the stories, but yeah, he sounds fucking creepy. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, know, part of it's, it's got to be like, there's almost like this comeback story in it, right? I mean... At the movie itself like starts off on him a complete crackhead like on his deathbed fucking you know 100 pounds maybe fucking just falling asleep at mid-sentence just living in his parents basement they they push and push and push him to the point where he does finally kind of get his shit together he finds a chick they play a show they attempt to make a record deal and write a new record i believe and soon after, a lot of that fell apart again. And it was like, he ended up in jail again. He was, I don't know, broken up from that chick. And it all fell apart. It's just him, like, self-destructing. But I think part of the the appeal of him is the, like, the success of it. Where being like, wow, he was basically dead. And he came back. He's put out new music. He's doing shows. We're all now talking about Pentagram. And we might not have it all if it wasn't for that movie or, you know, whatever. And people are like, well, he's awesome. He fucking overcame it. And maybe overlook some of that bad shit, but there is enough bad shit to be like, 
<laughs> I mean, people love a good under underdog story, man. Like, yeah. like you were saying, like that that comeback kid kind of mentality. People love that stuff. And even if he didn't make it all the way back clean and sober, they're like, well, at least he's not dead, you know. Yeah. And then you know, yeah. people. And then the other part of it is people selective outrage. If it's somebody yeah. you enjoy, you're gonna easily forgive. Look at Mike Tyson. The dude was convicted of rape. Find me another person who got did three years for rape and is as wildly successful as they are right now. Which is a pop culture icon. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, you know, people are gonna forgive the sins of people that they oh well, you know, it, it was the eighties and now he's yeah, you know. It's yeah. e- it's easy to do. I mean, and I it, it's not something I, you know, actively think about when I'm listening to Pentagram, but it's also not something I don't listen to Pentagram all the time either. But it's, it's, it does, you know, it does play into it. You know, there, there, that is, I feel like what part of the success is, is like the stories and the holy shit. And he was like, he did what? And then he fucking was in jail and now he's on drugs again. Or what is it? It's heroin this time? Oh no, it's crack this time. I wonder if he's on meth. Like, and then that's, yeah, I mean, know, is as much as, we may not agree with that being an appealing trait to a band. There's a lot of bands out there that share that same similar anti-hero trait and people gravitate to it in droves. And I don't, I don't understand it. Definitely. I mean that, and I'm not saying that people are not, you know, there, there are few occasions where I would say that person is past redemption, you know, um like you can turn things around and you can be a better person bobby's just never really done that he does it for brief periods and then he doesn't and i think it's kind of you know we've lionized this guy uh who is is essentially pentagram you know i mean i would say that the the lineups on on this compilation like that's my favorite lineup because i think they were actually doing some interesting stuff and i think that if they hadn't if bobby hadn't fucked it up they they might have could have gone somewhere, oh, absolutely. Um, but then after that, Bobby is essentially pentagram, and and I'm like, okay, Bobby labeling is important. Like he was in a band called Pentagram, and it's important that they're called Pentagram at least. Um, and they sounded kind of like a punk rock DMV Black Sabbath meets the Doors. You know, okay, cool, cool. I just personally have never understood. Besides the fact that we we've kind of gone over that so many big bands from like the 80s and 90s that, you know, everyone, you know, those of us on this podcast listen to and stuff like that, they were influenced by Pentagram. Uh, But they never seem to really have an answer for what specifically influenced them about Pentagram in interviews. You know, like if, if, if if some like if Matt Pike could break down for me, like why Pentagram is important and why he loves pentagram maybe i could reevaluate that um but for me they're just like a, a decent band from the 70s even it's in a the lot, documentary shows a lot of parallels with a lot of those other bands that have that similar trait where it's a lot of just smoke and mirrors and lore and a good logo and like bands like the grateful dead the misfits bands like that were like you almost recognize the logo and the imagery that goes along with the band more than you do the actual music yeah that's right. Yeah. I was going to say that even in the documentary, Phil and Selmo and I think Jimmy Bauer were the ones that were, well, Phil was talking to him because he was going to sign him to House Records and that ended up falling through. But 
they were talking to him and going like when we were kids growing up it was pentagram that's what we that's what we wanted to be that's why we're writing music that's what we listened to and that's what we caught thought was the coolest shit in the world was pentagram it was like black sabbath got too mainstream so all the kids right. that and it was like, got this too was mainstream like before, listen to pentagram this was like the underground maybe more evil or something more mysterious than, yeah. than black sabbath black sabbath Kiss became more a, a makeup, hard rock that black sabbath turned into a disco band all you had left was pentagram you know yeah yeah <laughs> yeah i mean i i can see after the first, you know, couple few Black Sabbath albums, if you were like, "All right, this is getting a little big. I want to, I want to see what else is out there," and then you find Pentagram, and then I can be, I can understand being like, "All right, yeah, this rules," and it's kind of cool to say that I think it rules. Yeah, and maybe uh, you're one of the cool kids. Oh, you like Pentagram? Oh shit! Watch out for the guy yeah. with the Pentagram patch on his jacket. Yeah, I'm he's sure probably managing a record store like the in logo and shit. <laughs> yeah. It's half the um, logo, it's half the look, it's half the oh, he, I'm a pentagram fan, you know? Yeah, because I mean like if you if you really listen to this album and kind of try to to break down like musically what's good, there's like four interesting songs in my opinion. Like I think that Forever My Queen is is definitely super interesting. Lazy Lady, Be Forewarned, and Last Days Here. Mm -hmm. And besides that, I'm kind of bored. I mean, there's but like then one of my favorite record labels cool is called Twenty Bucks right. Spin. What was that? Like one of my favorite record labels is called Twenty Bucks Spin. Mm -hmm. They they mostly make like death metal. Like Tomb Mold is on Twenty Bucks Spin, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's that's on this compilation. You know, and I'm pretty sure they're named after that. And so I, I, I sometimes just think, well, for m multiple reasons that I'm just fucking crazy. But in this situation, I just think I'm crazy because I don't really like I used to really enjoy Pentagram. And I just think there's so much better shit out there. I mean, um, there is. But, you know, I think a lot of it, like I said, is like it's not just necessarily the music it's you know it was cool to like pentagram they were an underground band and it's like you know slayer in the 90s you or cannibal corpse and wearing a cannibal corpse shirt to high school that yeah. was that was the that was the pentagram at the time you know you wore a pentagram shirt and your fucking guidance counselors getting called you know what i mean mm -hmm. yeah and i think that's you know it, as as unfortunate as that may be i think that's a large part of the popularity of this band, especially, you know, at the time. So what is their like lasting, you know, influence on, on music and stuff then is it, will people start to see through it at some point? I mean, are they going to be, you know, rock and roll hall of famers or are they going to continue some like long legacy? No or way. Are people going to start to see through this and go like, and eh, they had a few songs. They were early adapters, you know. They. I mean, I think at, at the time but... they were innovative. At the time they were, they were trying to be like a, the you know the Nirvana to Black Sabbath Pearl Jam. You know what I mean? Like they were trying to be a slightly grungier version, and a, you know, and a less sleek version of Black Sabbath. And at the time it was fun, but I don't think I don't really think at the end of the day there's anything like to see through. Like it's not. I don't think they really ever were perceived as like these rock gods. So there's nothing, there's no veil to move anyway. Like they are what they are. Mm -hmm. okay. And I think most pentagram fans would agree with that. You know? Yeah. If you enjoy it, fucking listen to it and don't yeah. listen to what we're saying. Like, I'm not saying don't listen to it. But uh, I don't think everybody, I think you should be aware of what Bobby Leeling is like. Nobody's but... doing that. <laughs> 
But I definitely like Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Absolutely not. Like, no way. I don't. I think. I think the biggest contribution they've given to music, like, is a cool rock and roll story about a junkie who never really got it together and coulda, woulda, shoulda, and the underdog that almost made it. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's it's a cool, interesting story, and. There were some cool, somewhat interesting songs. Yeah. Um, the story's but, bigger than the music tenfold. Yeah. Like, if you like Pentagram, go listen to Sir Lord Baltimore, because it's like Pentagram, but actually really good. I mean, I feel like anybody that's going to be listening to Pentagram is just going to put on Dio or Sabbath anyway, you know? Like, it's... Yeah. It's not, I don't think anybody's dying on the freaking Pentagram Hill out there. Like I said, most of the people that like Pentagram just... They appreciate it for the same reason that we do, that they're they're innovators and they're just they were one of the first bands to do it. They may not be the best band to ever do it, but they were one of the first, and that's worth something at the end of the day. Oh, it definitely is. And that, that's why I started by with any of these remarks by saying I do think Pentagram is very is important. Oh, absolutely. Just, is it as is a it listener, fantastic? Is it amazing, mind blowing music? No. Yeah. But did, like, but, did it need but it had to happen influence. for other stuff to happen after it? Absolutely. And like you know, and, like, like you had said, it's your favorite band's favorite band for a reason. And they were a big band out of the DMV, you know, which then leads in the 80s to the entire, like, you know, hardcore punk thing. You know? a, lot, a lot of parallels in the, the, the beginning of this and, you know, how, how, you know, punk rock and that whole DIY scene came about, too, you know? Mm-hmm. What's funny about this episode is that often I'm always like, we need someone to, to be the 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 naysayer we need someone on here to say like i didn't like this album and here's why and it's always us just liking shit and on this episode we need someone that's a huge pentagram fan <laughs> we need a <laughs> pentagram fan on here today to give us why <laughs> yeah i mean i think, I think you're wise... gonna find one i think every panter or every pentagram fan is a casual pentagram fan yeah, I don't. I've. Ne- I don't know if I've ever actually met someone who is like, "Oh yeah, Pentagram is one of my favorite bands." Exactly. It's all like I have a Pentagram like... shirt because it's cool looking. Because you have to have a Pentagram shirt, and you have to have a Motorhead shirt, and you know what I mean. Like, yeah, you got to have a Jane Doe shirt if you're going to hardcore shows. You know, you got it's. It's part of the accoutrement. You know. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's my first time hearing this album. Like, I'm. I'm not blown away or anything. Like, I probably want to listen to it again, like very often. <laughs> That's good, though. But, I mean, I'm sure even, like, you've never listened to it before. You can listen to it, and you can understand, like, immediately, I'm sure you can hear where your ba- the bands you liked from the 80s and 90s got a lot of their stuff. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. You get, like, the roots, are it's very apparent. That's one of my favorite parts about this record is going back and listening to it, and you can hear so many things that yeah. turned into so many different bands, and just this song became this whole other genre of music branched off of this one pentagram song. Yeah, I mean, Sabbath created Doom, but the first Doom band is probably Pentagram. Right. Like, Sabbath had some Doom riffs, and Pentagram was like, we're going to turn those riffs into a whole band. Yeah, we're just going to do nothing but those riffs. Right. So, if you love those riffs, and you want to hear them repeated over and over again with a mid-quality singer, um, Pentagram is your band. Yeah, it is interesting how uh, Bobby has become such a big 
rock star these days and such a big part well the only part of pentagram because his voice is not amazing it's his it's his live show right i mean he looks nuts and he probably acts nuts and he dresses crazy and i mean he he embodies this like rock star thing but like on record he has a lot of different styles of singing though i mean there's you could almost not even tell that it's him on some track to track like they they sound very different the way he sings different songs yeah but none of them are like mind-blowing you know they're none of them it's amazing he doesn't have like some amazing voice or anything but he he plays that rock star role very well i guess and that maybe that's you know part of it just being a rock star in the 70s like you just you know be a that's rock star. Cool. that's how you became a rock star is you just went out and you just acted like a rock star you know he definitely did that he he definitely acted like a rock star yeah <laughs> yeah yeah i mean if i if i'd been 16 and 1973 something like that like i'm sure i would have been really into pentagram just like i was when i was oh, 16 yeah. in yeah, 2008 I think we needed to uh yeah. we needed to find an older person to join us today because they probably were super into pentagram you might not find a, a huge pentagram fan under uh i don't know 50 or something yeah it's possible <laughs> <laughs> but i mean i mean like i said just because i feel like i've been super negative about pentagram like they are really important to listen to you know, um, if you if you like any of these big doom bands, whether it's, you know, Sleep, Electric Wizard, you know, uh, plenty of the, the European bands, you know, pretty much every American doom band, there's some pentagram in there. And, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's an important historical document. Yeah, um, like we've said a, th- like a bunch of times already, it's, it's one of those bands where even if you don't aren't directly influenced by it, you are absolutely influenced by it. Those just they, they may not have done it the best, but they were one of the first, and they were one of the first bands to like just have just thick sludgy riffs, and you know they may not in you know out of context in 2023 they may not be the heaviest riffs you've ever heard, but in 1971 like. That was blowing people's minds. Yeah. Like absolutely blowing people's minds. Like showing your mom cannibal corpse right now. Blow her fucking mind. And that's what's, you know, people had never heard shit like this before. It was, and they, you know, and then just, you know, the, the, the logo and the whole aesthetic of the band, I think, you know, sure. it's a great combination. Yeah. And look at how many bands dress exactly people. like Pentagram. What's that? Like, look at how many bands dress exactly like Pentagon. Oh yeah, look at how, like I'm sure said, like, you know, that all of us could name like that like raw sound of this album. To this day, there's think of how many bands you listen to today that are like trying to get that like thin bell bottom mustache guitar tone. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, no shit. Yeah, I find that man Witchcraft sounds like a modern day pentagram to me. Like, yeah, that's a good a, one right there. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, I feel like we're we're getting down the path of like beating a dead horse here. It's uh, it's important, <laughs> but we but we didn't love it. So <laughs> that's basically uh, the overarching theme. Is like pay attention to it, but if you don't listen to it, it's all right. Yeah. All right. Well, let's wrap this thing up because uh, I'm glad we talked about it. It was cool to dive into it a little bit and and, and get it. You know, it was cool to like listen back to it, like not just objectively, like with an intent, like pay attention to these songs and really absorb it. Because, like yeah. I said, I think myself and most pentagram fans are very casual pentagram fans so it was nice to like really have to pay attention like it was good yeah it was a fun one all right um let's go around and everybody can tell us what you're up to eddie you kick us off 
Uh, Into the studio next weekend with the Endless to do our first album. Mm, Lords of Arkham Church got a show September 13th with uh, Hippie Death Cult and wow, Spirit. Yeah. I'm still working on stuff with Iowas. Right on. Blake? Uh, Split comes out August 25th. Uh, pre orders are up now through uh, Black Throne Productions' website. Uh, as it was just announced, my album with King Volume, our album with King Volume, comes out uh, Friday, October 13th. Um, Pre-orders start at the end of August, so go out there and uh, pre-order it. That would be cool if you did. Right on. Yeah, go check out that Fuzz Club episode, too, on uh, the Iwas Ox split. That was a good episode. That was cool. So, Yeah, I'm bummed right. I missed that one. Rob, what are you up to? Um, we just finished up recording for the new record. Uh, it should be out next spring, hopefully. Um, interested labels, holler at me. Um, but the next fun thing we have coming up is August 23rd. We're uh, playing with Bongzilla in Frisco, Colorado, up in the mountains. It will absolutely be the highest show in America all year. <laughs> if you're into weed and mad amps, fucking show up. It's gonna be a good one. Cool, cool. All right, everybody go check out Pentagram and uh, or later. don't or don't, whatever, just uh, you know, whatever. your call, yeah, figure it out. All right, see you, see you next time, boys. See Thanks. You.